Praise God. If you would remain standing, if you're not standing, if you would stand. Realize that this is unexpected for you. We came into the week anticipating Antioch U, but God knows things that we don't always know. I, I was, I find it so awesome. This is the awesomeness, part of the awesomeness of the church to me. On this this past weekend, we had a 28-year-old. Man, you know you're getting old when 28 sounds young. <laughs> we had a 28-year-old kid. <laughs> um, 28-year-old ministering and did a phenomenal job. And actually, he's going to, we've been struggling trying to find a back-to-school revival speaker. I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Brother Near is going to be our back-to-school revival speaker. So, praise God. Amen. So this past weekend, we we had a 28-year-old, and tonight we have an 83-year-old. That is, that is, that's the awesomeness of the kingdom of God. I know he basically needs no introduction, but as always, anytime he is ever here, we are so thrilled and honored to have Bishop Parent. He's, he's been a part of Antioch for over half of its life. 25 years now, and what a, the Lord alone knows the ways in which He has contributed and benefited and blessed this body. And so we welcome Him tonight to come and deliver whatever the Lord has for us tonight. Praise the Lord, everyone. I greet you. I greet you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. I give honor today to all of you that are here. Thank you. To the singers and the musicians that were so delightful. And to your pastoral team and to Bishop and Sister Wright. To you. You are absolutely awesome. I ask you, what would it be like if Peter, James, and John walked through the doorway this evening? What kind of awe or recognition would there be? Your pastor, Brother David, mentioned a man crossing from Coldwell, Idaho to New Brunswick, Canada, something over 2,000 miles in uh, the summer of 1921, all because a man that had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in December of 1920 
But he found out his baptism was wrong. And he went out into the pasture where there was a free-flowing spring, put a hand in the water, raised a hand to heaven. God, if you will accept this as my baptism in your name until you send somebody. You try to tell me God don't care about you as an individual. If he would send a man over 2,000 miles to baptize one, what does he think about you? Because he said, God is no respecter of persons. He also said, Jesus, the same yesterday and today and forever. If I can get you to believe the word of God, there is nothing impossible that you will do. Wow. Yes. On December the 28th of 1920, there were seven people that were received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And from there, the gospel has gone around the world many, many, many times. And recently, uh, we just got word recently from our contacts and churches in Uganda, Africa, that over 640,000 have been baptized in Jesus' name and received the Holy Ghost. Can I get you to believe God? In the book of John, he writes, He that believeth in me shall never die. That would be a statement, but it's not done. Believest thou this? Can I get you to believe the positive side of God? In my natural nature, I am negative, but in my born-again experience, I want you to know I am positive because God is positive. When this man went across the United States and entered into the province of New Brunswick, the first village he arrived in, was Woodstock, New Brunswick, Canada, on the St. John River, and he began knocking on doors. He got within 20 miles of my parents' home, and they said, oh, it's not us you're looking for, it's Leonard Parent, and they told him where he lived. Now listen, God is interested in you, and Satan is interested in you. You see, God, you are God's inheritance. And I look at you and I say, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, This know also, in the last days perilous times shall come. I want you to know they're here. Perilous times has arrived. And it's also in the church. We have churches today uh, that have decided the holiness standards mean nothing anymore. 
I want you to know uh, the holiness of God is still important to God. <clears throat> the scripture, the scripture in the book of Corinthians said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Lord, therefore keep it holy, for he is holy. It's important, church. I want you to know we are in perilous time. But I have prayed for you because I read in the book of Job that Job, uh, the Lord asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Yes, but you have put a hedge around him and I cannot touch him. Another scripture, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into you and they are safe. It is not a day to play games with God. It's not a day to lay out a church. It is not a day to criticize what's going on. It is not a day to grumble and complain. It's a day to fall in love with Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. It's a day to fall in love with the church. It's a day to know that I am called by God. You have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have the born again experience. That means born birth. You have been born into the kingdom of heaven. When in the garden... When Satan deceived Eve, Adam made a choice. The scripture said Adam was not deceived. Adam made a choice. And sin walked in. And with it came anger, malice, strife, envy, bitterness, doubting, and death. But in the born again experience, I want you to know uh, you have received uh, heaven's DNA uh, and that includes uh, joy. That includes peace. That includes a song in the midnight hour. That includes uh, eternal life. That includes uh, he that believeth in me. Uh, I have given him power to become the sons of God. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become. You have authority over the cursedness and the sin of this world to be victorious. It is time, church, that we ignited this city. It's time that we turn the fire of God loose and our loved ones uh, that are outside the ark of safety, it is time uh, we laid them on the altar all over again. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. In a multi, I just might as well do this. I, I didn't want to ball you out, but I'll just get it done. Okay. 
in a multi-generational church. I'm telling you, the ministry cannot please everyone. In a multi-generational church, we have grannies that are freezing to death. And we have you youngsters with your hot flashes. We have some that hear good and some with hearing aids. And either the PA system is not loud enough or too loud. And we've sung the wrong songs. It's the enemy's work for you and I to come here and be discouraged. But it's the will of God if we will fall in love with Calvary that the word walks into our lives. The word changes us. The word strengthens us. The word heals us. The word keeps us. The word blesses us. The word gives us a song in the midnight hour. The word blesses our finances. The word, I tell you, the scripture said, and there was a generation that grew up, Old Testament. There was a generation that grew up that did not know God. How many of our children and our grandchildren today are not where they should be with God? I've got some great-grandchildren that are not where they ought to be with God. I have put them on the altar. It's time, church. Put your children that are not right with God or not where they ought to be with God. We are living in the generation of the return of the Almighty God. You see, in our society, you cannot do the things that our nation is doing and not expect the judgment of God in the land. Scripture says, oh, you can discern the sky. And you say in the morning, it's going to be a good day. But you are not able to discern the times of the seasons of God. It's time to understand that in the last days, there will be perilous times. But remember the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The larger the congregation gets, the more difficult it is to keep track of everyone. At home, we have broken it up into smaller segments that somebody's responsible to know if they're in the hospital or if they're sick or if they have a problem. In my new nature, my, my birth nature, I'm born to be selfish. I'm born to be mean. I am born, it's mine. But in my born-again nature, 
He said, I want you to learn how to be kind and tender-hearted towards one another. It's time, church, that is exercised. It's time we cared about one another. It's time we thought about one another. It is time we took care of each other. We are brethren. We are brothers and we are sisters and we are family of God. Now I'll get down to preaching. I'm sorry. I didn't look at my clock when I got up. I'm looking. The scripture in the book of Matthew says this. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, all the hell the world can raise will not Stop the growth of his church. In the winter of 1920-21, when seven people were received the Holy Ghost, recently they interviewed me up in New Brunswick. And I'm answering the questions, and all of a sudden, I looked at you. When the presence, when Jesus was walking through the land and the disciples began to follow him, what did they do? Well, some left fishing, Luke left doctoring, Matthew left tax collecting. For what? To follow Jesus, to preach the gospel. Now, the Lord said to you and I, you are the light of the world. In 2015, you are the light of the world. In 2015, you are the light of the world. Now, the disciples was preaching the gospel, and the Lord said, I will build my church. I simply ask, how is he building his church? When and where? Now, here. By whom? You. I have a greater respect for the house of God than I have ever had. You see, when I look at you and I look at those seven people in 1920, uh, they left lumbering in the woods, they left farming, they left fishing to preach the gospel, and it has gone around the world. Uh, today uh, you have thousands uh, with the born-again experience in the country of Chile and Yo estuve español este día porque predicar la mesa en español to muchas personas. I'm telling you, we today speak Spanish. We have Spanish churches. We have German churches. We have whatever because the Lord said in Revelation, I will have a people of every nation, every kindred, and every tongue. Let's open the door and let the nations in. There are representatives here today 
because of your biological birth that touches every nation in the world. We have them here tonight. It is time to lay your generational benefactors on the altar. You are the light of the world. It's time, church, we went to work. It's time our light shone like never before. Have you seen on television they have some sort of a material when your headlights get fogged over? They uh, have a cloth and material and you rub that and it's restored to new again and as bright as ever. It's time here tonight that our light is restored and we become lights of the world and we minister no matter. You might be walking through Walmart and you might be singing a little song. Oh, what a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, and in the right environment, someone will hear you. Just because you're the light of the world, you might just be walking through but you've been to a prayer meeting somewhere. And the presence of God just not only surrounds you, it just reaches to everybody that's in your presence. You. I want to tell you, I look at you as I would Peter, James, and John, because there's not a yard of carpet here that your commitment has not paid for. The electric bill has been paid by your commitment. There's not an evangelist that comes that your commitment doesn't take care of. There's not a missionary on the field that your commitment doesn't take care of. Why? Because you are interested in winning the lost. But now listen, let's make it more personal. I look at you as the modern day disciples of the Almighty God. And you, 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 you are carrying the message. You are the light of the world. You are the anointing of God that walks physically in 2015. It is time that our light shone so bright that we draw the world to these doors. I will have a people of every nation and every kindred and every tongue. It is time to unleash the power and the authority of the church. It is time your minister stands here with authority and preaches the will of God. It is time we hear the anointing word of God. It's time to shut the cell phone off. It's time to hear the word. It's time to get it in the head, to get it in the heart, and let it motivate the body. Let it direct your path. Let it anoint you. Let it... Ooh, i got to quit a minute. Church, I just want to stop and weep a minute. Have you any idea who you are? Have you any idea as to the authority you have? Have you any idea what it means when you... You know, think about it a minute. 
what kind of relationship did Adam and Eve have with God in the Garden of Eden before the fall? When you listen to your ministry preach, He restores you to your existence that you had with God in the beginning. He made you good. He made you perfect. He made you whole. But when sin walked in, it brought with it a curse of death, a curse of thorns and briars and thistles. But when you got the born again experience, you began to flourish like it was brand new all over again. Oh, hallelujah. What authority, what power, what an anointing you have. It is time that our light shone like never before. You have a group. You have many different places of worship with different groups. We're accustomed to that. It keeps me busy getting to the mall. I don't do a very good job at it. That's where you men can't get to everything. That's where all of us come in as the light of the world in this particular time. I have some talented grandchildren, but they're not where they ought to be with God. They were raised in the house, but they're not where they ought to be with God. It's time to tell God. A lecture won't get it done. Now, recently in one of the classes, the professor is telling us, just because I give a lecture does not mean you learn. And in Matthew, the Lord said, I want you to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Now, the key here is learn. And our cell phones, even though you got them on silent, they're going to buzz. And, you know, there's something about us. I have to see who's trying to get in touch with me. When that, that cell phone is for my convenience, not for the caller. Now, when you leave it on and it buzzes, it's a distraction and you're not learning. Any distraction and I lose the thought that you have worked on. Scripture tells us faith cometh by hearing. And what's the rest? Hearing What's the rest? How can you hear without a preacher? How can he preach except he be sent? Now, I did not create the office of preacher. God did. 
Now, to me, <clears throat> this is so important. I somehow feel God should have not left it in the hands of humanity. Angels should have preached this. Would we have more respect and more awe? And would we learn more if angels was preaching to us? But he didn't design it like that. He designed it for humanity. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but one of our preachers in Michigan was preaching, and his topic was a chicken thief convention. And he said, the way the preacher is preaching, you would think you were at a chicken thief con convention. But only one chicken thief in the house. And only that one knew who it was. But the message was designed for that one to repent. Now, before you meet your preacher in the aisle because he struck a nerve and you want to beat him to a pulp... Don't give it away. He don't really know. It's God getting our attention. And we can be so thrilled when God is so interested in me as an individual or you as an individual that he designs the message to find where you are. Causing me to repent. I wrote myself a note. I think I shared it. And uh, <clears throat> it was thus. When my natural nature exceeds the limits of my spiritual nature, it gives me, it brings me great pain. My conscience bothers me. We've had our conscience bother us, haven't we? And I don't want my natural nature to exceed the limit of my spiritual nature. And when it does, God anoints these men to preach the word. And the word finds me. I'm just about through. <clears throat> I want to give you one last positive. When Moses was leading the children of Israel and they got to the Red Sea, they had behind them the armies of Egypt and ahead of them the sea. And they get to it, and the Lord said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? He said, I have my rod. The Lord said, stretch it. And the sea opened, and they walked through. And Pharaoh's army followed, and they drowned. It took them hundreds of years to overcome that drowning. Now, the Lord spoke to you that he is the healer. By his stripes, you are healed. 
he used the word you were healed, positive past tense. It's already paid for. In the book of Psalms, he writes, he sent his word and healed them. In the book of Isaiah, my word cannot return unto me void until it has accomplished that which I sent it to do. New Testament, I can go to the Old Testament with this, but New Testament, he tells us what our tithing and offering will do. I couldn't do this tonight without meddling. You know that. I have a degree in meddling. I'm a pastor. He spoke to us and told us the blessing of tithing. And are you aware that I think it's in the book of Ephesians that it was accounted to Levi for righteousness for while he was yet in his father's loins, he paid tithes. Now, his great-granddad was Abraham. Can you imagine your commitment blessing your unborn children? And some of us don't believe in ties. We think it's under the law. It was before the law ever existed. And some of us, we, we need more, but we don't follow the plan that God has to give you more. So if it's healing you need, if it's finances you need, if it's your children not where they ought to be with God, I want you to write the scripture on a piece of paper and hold it in your hand. And when God said, what's in your hand, I have the scripture. I have the scripture. I have your, I have your scripture that my children will be blessed because I've committed them unto you. It is time, people, to put God to work as he said he would do. It's time to learn of him. It's time for this congregation to be anointed. It is time to have the groups across this city to be as powerful as they can be while they are yet singing, while that you are in your outreach programs, while you are singing the songs of Zion, the presence of God is so powerful, it stops the walkers on the street, it stops the automobiles, and has them come into the house. God will draw them unto him because you are the light of the world. You are the anointing of God in the land. Stop being weak. Stop being sick. Stop being tired. Stop being negative. It is time to be strong. It's time to be powerful. We're living in the end time. And this is, there. he tells you that there is power. You have been given power to become the sons of God that don't cease. Let's get our head up and our shoulders back. It is not poor me. It is anointed me by the power of the Almighty God that keeps me every day, that puts a song 
in my heart uh, that puts power in my voice. And thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand? Let's give him some praise and worship. Come on, let that word sink into your spirit right now. Let God activate something in you right now. Let God reactivate something in you right now.